Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Welcome into this edition of the podcast. You're listening to Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders, and today on the docket, is diversification for suckers? How's that for a headline? Mike, welcome in, my friend. How are you? Well, I'm doing well. I was uh, born era, one of those seconds that uh, every sucker's born, I guess, according to Will Rogers. <laughs> That's right, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Every second a sucker's born somewhere, right? Yeah, somewhere. That's right. I, I, I held that spot for uh, one day in 1956. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. One day in uh, one day back way back when I held that coveted spot. Well, you know, it sounds like an inflammatory headline, Mike, and we're going to get into this a little bit. But if you look up quotes about diversification from famous investors, you might come across one from Warren Buffett. Uh, Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's certainly going to raise some eyebrows. And it goes like this. He says, diversification is protection against ignorance. It makes little sense if you know what you are doing. So, yeah, we hear all the time diversification is like one of the biggest keys to success in retirement planning. So how can somebody like Warren Buffett, who's talking about diversification, is, you know, maybe he's just basically saying it's not as cracked up as it as it might seem. Uh, how can these seemingly different ideas both be right? So that's going to be our topic today. And just talk a little bit about the concept of diversification. Are we really being accurate with it? Are we taking it in the wrong direction? You know, things of that nature. So from what you see, Mike, and you've been doing this 40 plus years, how does the average person typically define diversification? So if you said to someone coming in for the first time, do you think you're diversified, Mr. and Mrs. Jones? How do they typically define that? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, usually they'll say, well, yeah, I've got uh, uh, several uh, mutual funds in my 401k and, um, you know, in this IRA account that I've got over here okay. and all that sort of thing. So pretty yeah, standard. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm diversified. I don't have it all in just one mutual fund or whatever. Uh, and if they're really going to be diversified, they have it in um, two different mutual funds or maybe more uh, right. that are with different management companies. And so now they're really diversified because they not just with one management company, but they've diversified into another management company. That's and, a great um, way to explain it because many people think that, right? They think if yeah. they have it with a different firm, let's say you've got it with big box company number A and big box company number B, that yep. they're somehow different. Right, right. And the funny thing is we uh, use some uh, tools to analyze and look inside the covers of these funds. And it's hilarious how often they own exactly the same stuff. I mean, in some cases, Exactly, exactly the yeah. same stuff. And in many cases, almost to a T, exactly the same percentage in the same stuff. So like, you know, you look at your top 10 holdings in a mutual fund and they'll have your typical suspects, you know, your Amazons, your Googles or your right. alphabets, whatever, uh-huh. uh, you know, Facebook and Microsoft and all these technology companies. And we'll talk about that a little bit more relative to diversification. And um, they, the percentages, you know, that like 40% of the fund is in these top 10 holdings. And if you compare the two funds or whatever that they have, the percentage that's in each of the individual holdings is very similar. It's, it's uncanny. So, uh, you know, it's almost like price fixing at the gas station or something like that, you'd think. I, I like the um, term you use, Mike. You said, uh, we'll peel back the cover or the wrapper. And I think sometimes people don't realize that that's kind of what it is. Uh, think about, I'll use Amazon as an example for folks to relate to. If you go on Amazon looking for, I don't know, let's just say um, a pair of pliers, 
Uh, they okay. might sell the Amazon Choice pliers, which is basically they're branding it, but it's still being made by, let's just say it's being made by whatever tool company, right? That's, a, that's somewhat of a name brand. They're basically paying them to put Amazon on those on that set of tools, right? right? And so it's the wrapper. So what's inside yes. it is exactly the same, to your point about the mutual fund, mm-hmm. as the other wrapper. It's just a different wrapper. Yeah, and it's not that the that the manager at uh, company A is calling up the manager at company B and say, "Hey, what are what are you buying?" and all that sort of thing. It's, right. it's not like that. But they're using a lot of the same analysts, or the analysts are looking at the same data, and so they're all running down the same track. Mm-hmm. And you know, if if the idea of the particular fund is to be an actively managed fund where they're making selections based on their expectations on performance of the different companies that they're trying to put into their portfolio, and right lack of performance that they're taking out and replacing, um, then you're going to run into a lot of that same sort of thinking across many management companies. But I do want to go back to one thing that uh, Warren Buffett said. I think your opening statement, you said something like, uh, there's protecting against ignorance. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I picked up on was that uh, Buffett said something like, it makes no sense to diversify if you know what you are doing. And right. and <laughs> I love that last little phrase, if, if yeah. you know what you're doing. <laughs> and I got a, you know, full disclosure, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because if I'm making selections based on what I expect a company to do in the future, I am making my selections in total ignorance. Well, maybe not total. Okay. I know some things about the company, but I don't know how that company is going to do in terms of performing on the things that they say they're going to do or how consumers are going to react and uh, respond, same thing, uh, to the the information about what that company is doing in terms of a product or a service or what have you. So you know, when you think about it, there are so many variables that no one can really know what they're doing, including the guy that made that statement, Warren right. Buffett. Right, right. He is not 100%. He, he doesn't bat a thousand. He's That's had point, yeah. companies that he's gone in and bought because he knew what he was doing, he thought. And it turned out that he just didn't know what the news was going to be, what the new stuff coming down the pike was going to be, and how it was going to impact his investment. And he's had to bail on some, or he's had to hold them for an awful long time, hoping that they'll turn around. And, you know, so I I think if you challenged him on that, uh, that he he would respond that way. So I'm not trying to do that. Well, sound bites are always, you know, better in a vacuum too. So, Uh, but okay. So, and and so we're going to kind of circle back around to the fact that diversification Mm -hmm. is important, but let's understand and, and dissect what it means. So basically with this first question here is that most people do not, they're not truly diversified, but they think they are because their understanding of it is just not so. Basically, what you've got is a collection of small cap, large cap, mid cap, mid cap, so on and so forth. And if the stocks all take a dive, well, you're taking a dive with it. So that's typically what winds up happening. So in contrast to that question, Mike, then how would you, what do you describe diversification as or what does it mean to you as an advisor? Yeah. Um, well, and, and, and to your point, you were just making about having these different quote, asset classes. It's interesting. Uh, I saw an advisor's website recently, and he was talking about how to diversify. And he said, you know, you want to have about 25% of your money in growth, 25% in growth in income, 
25% in aggressive growth, and 25% in the international. Okay. Well, that's wonderful. Um, but, uh, you know, when you think about those things, um, you could be very undiversified from this standpoint. Let's just say that you um, peel back the cover, take the wrapper off, and you look at it and all of the growth companies, all the aggressive growth companies, all the growth and in income companies, and I assume he meant U.S. domestic companies because then he throws in this international thing, that they all are investing in large companies. And quite frankly, that's pretty typical. Most funds out there invest in large companies because to the average investor, that looks safe. But you know, if you're really thinking in terms of, well, I want to be diversified, would you put all your money in just one kind of uh, a company, uh, just large companies? Or wouldn't you maybe do something like, hey, when I think about where some of the large companies that are out there today came from, some of them started in garages like Amazon, Disney yeah. or Apple, you know, and things like that. And um, so, you know, small companies ha are a different kind of asset than large companies. And so when this guy was doing this diversification thing on his website, he was saying that, you know, just it's have growth, have growth in income, have aggressive growth, and then throw in some international. But they could all be, and, and he was calling those asset classes. In fact, I'll, I'll tell you some of the other things. I jotted it down. He said asset classes are mutual funds, single stocks, bonds, ETFs, index funds, real estate. And I thought, those aren't asset classes. Those are tools to invest in asset classes. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, it is a little, uh, I, I wonder what the education is that's going out there to people about how to diversify this. It's not really necessarily diversifying. And um, so to me, it means having things that don't act the same way. You know, you, you um, have, multiple baskets, you know, if you, if you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. And so maybe one basket's got a big uh, side to it so that you can put a lot of eggs in there. Another one's maybe a shallow basket and it, not as many eggs. And so you got to carry one upright. The other one, you can let it swing a little bit and no big deal. You know, th those things operate different ways, those baskets in terms of taking care of your eggs that you're carrying them in. Well, the same sort of thing here is smaller companies tend to be more volatile. In other words, they, they tend, their price can go up really fast and it can go down really fast. Larger companies tend to move a little slower because they just so many more assets. And so uh, an impact in one area of their business may not have as huge of an impact on the overall company as a, an impact in a part of a small company might have an impact on the whole of the company. So you, you've got uh, things that you can study and see, you know, what is the risk of these different types of asset classes, such as large U.S. stocks, small U.S. stocks, micro cap, very small companies in the U.S., uh, and then companies that are value companies. And what I mean by that is they have some sort of distress going on. So you, you, you get all these types of companies and some have more risk than other types of assets do, or other types of companies do. Right. And you add in that you can do this worldwide because the U.S. isn't the whole uh, economy of the world. And you can, you can diversify into about 20 different asset classes um, and, and do it based on mixing those things so that you can smooth out the 
return or you, what you realize in terms of your performance over time. Now, when you do that, you don't necessarily get the best return. You, you can have a buddy that comes up and says, hey, I just bought such and such and man, it doubled in, in an, a week, you know, and you're sitting there saying, oh man, I'm a putz. Why, why didn't I do that? Well, you didn't know. And, and by the way, he didn't either. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he just happened to be at just the right place at the right yeah, time. Exactly. Uh, he can go out and do something else next week and lose it all and give back more. So you, you just don't know. But that's what diversification does. It doesn't get you the best return at any one given point in time. But over time, when you compare it to the alternative, it gives you a great return that is hard to beat anywhere else. The term itself is definitely a buzzword of the last number mm. of years, Mike. And so do we put too much emphasis on that idea or, or does the average investor, because they hear it so much, do they put too much emphasis on that idea of I've got to be diversified, you've got to diversify me? Um, you know, some people do and some people don't. I just had a phone call with a young man that uh, was uh, selling options on stock. And I said, you're, I sure hope you're not selling the options and not owning the stock, because if you have to deliver that thing, you don't want to have to go buy it at the higher price to deliver it to somebody. And, um, you know, he, he was just having to talking about a small basket of stocks, right, uh, maybe right. four or five different companies. Uh, and, and so, you know, he didn't have the idea that that was necessarily a bad idea for what he was doing in that particular arena of his portfolio. But um, some people do. They um, want to be sure that they are diversified. And it's a good thing to, to have that in mind. It's just you want to do it wisely. You want to do it in a way that makes sense. It's, diversification is not just owning lots of stuff. It's owning lots of stuff that acts differently from the other stuff in your portfolio. Yeah, when some things are up, some things are going to be down. That's <laughs> the idea is to help you offset some of that. If you're if you're, everything you're in is the same and it's all going up, well, then it's all going to also go down. So yeah. you have to kind of watch that. Is it possible to be too diversified? It might be. Um, you know, when I think about, like, for instance, the first example we were talking about where people come in and they have a fund with company A and another fund with company B, and they both end up having uh, the same thing. Uh, you know, they, they, they might have a whole lot of stuff, but it's all doing the same thing. And, and you know, all, all the same type of stuff, like all large or all small or what have you. Right. So um, fundamentally, they're not really that diversified, but they're in their not, mind, they yeah. think they are. Yeah. But they bought a lot of stuff to they try and be diversified. Yeah. So I think that's the only way you really can be too diversified. Okay. Because, uh, you know, you think about it. If you look at the top performing stocks each year for the calendar year, mm -hmm. very seldom is it a company you've ever heard of. You know, it's these companies that are off the wall, things that new businesses, new opportunities or something that's been around, they've come up with it. The, the latest and greatest tool or service or what have you, and their stock just soared, doubled, uh, you know, tripled, what have you. And, uh, you know, if you got some of that in your portfolio, then, yeah, I mean, that, that's great. But you didn't want to go out there and try and pick it before it did what it did. And you shouldn't want to go buy it now that it's done what it did. <laughs> so, gotcha. um, yeah, can you be too diversified? Probably not. Uh, I, I can't imagine uh, where you would be too diversified, um, maybe unless you just bought every single stock that's available. <laughs> right, and right. maybe there's a you know 100,000 positions in your portfolio. And that's a little difficult. That's a little difficult. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it sounds like, and basically my last question, you've kind of sort of answered, but I'll go ahead and just kind of reframe it a little bit. So a large portion, I would imagine, of what you do when you first sit down with people is obviously you're going through and dissecting the things that they have, the, the accumulation of stuff. And so... Do you see that quite often where they have overlap, like we talked about having a lot of the same mutual funds, 
And how do you go about, is that one of the things you definitely do is go through and uh, take a non-diversified portfolio and make it actually more properly, uh, correctly diversified? Yes. And it uh, and, and you build it that way based on the level of risk that the individual wants to have. And, and we don't just do that with, do you feel like you're a conservative investor or an aggressive or a middle of the road type person? We actually do it where we uh, can give them some parameters of expectation uh, for the range of returns that they might have uh, from the negative to the positive side on different uh, styles of portfolios, uh, different mixes then they're, they're able to see also what a worst case scenario might look like for that level of risk they're considering in a diversified portfolio. So yeah, we, we look at that and help them to make a real educated decision on what would fit them so that they don't feel that they have to make changes down the road because that's when you get into trouble when you start making changes. It's usually because of something going on currently in the market and you're getting ready to, just because of our biases, going exactly the wrong direction. So gotcha. um, we want them to feel like they can live with it throughout ups and downs in the marketplace and really bad downs and really good ups. Uh, so re we really want to spend a lot of time on that sort of thing in creating that diversified mix of assets. Okay. So is diversification for suckers? Probably not. But is improper understanding of diversification? Yes, because that's how you get sold a lot of different uh, products that are basically the same thing, a lot of different mutual funds that could be the same mm -hmm. thing. So at the end of the day, you know, have a conversation with an advisor who is not just selling products, but actually mm -hmm. is working with you to build a strategy that makes sense for you for retirement. And of course, Mike's been doing that for 40 plus years. So he's a great resource for you here in the Carolinas. As always, we ask that if you haven't subscribed to the show and you enjoy the podcast or know someone who might benefit from it, hit the subscribe button on whatever app you might be using. Most smartphones nowadays already come pre-installed with Apple Podcasts, if you're an Apple user, or Google Podcasts of that nature, if you're on one of those. And you can just simply open that app, type in strategic planning in the search box. You should come across the app. And then, of course, you can like it or subscribe it or whatever the case might be, depending on the app's need. Uh, you can also just find all of that at spcinvesting.com. That's spcinvesting.com at Mike's website. A lot of good tools, tips, and resources there to be found. And there's also the podcast page. You can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, so on and so forth. And with that, we're going to wrap it up this week. So again, if you have questions, as always, reach out to Mike before you take any action. If you find yourself sitting with multiple mutual funds and you're curious as to whether or not you are properly diversified, give Mike a call at 336-668-4338. That's 336-668-4338. And Mike, my friend, this is going to be our Thanksgiving edition. So let me say happy Thanksgiving to you and the family, and I hope you guys have a great holiday. Well, thank you. I sure hope you all do too, Mark, and to all of our friends and guests here on the program. Uh, we just really thank uh, God for you and, and just hope that you have a wonderful time with your family. Absolutely. Stay safe and sane, folks. And we'll talk to you again soon here on Strategic Planning Podcast with Mike Flanders, financial coach at Strategic Planning Corporation. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.